Welcome to Wrestling Alliance Radio. Names on the Titan Tron, now it's time to get it on. Choke Sanders, Tentabomb, this is one I carry on. Black Crook, I'm the big boss man. Known to be the whole episode, fan damn. Chill up with my wrestling alliance fan. Paradox Tribal Chef, Duck Bang, you know me. Rim, he goes ham. This is new corporation, McMahon. Welcome to War Wrestling Alliance Radio, where today we have a full on staff and a return of Cooking with Pat Lee. Pat, how you been, man? How you been? I have been great. A lot of big things coming, you know, the way of Cooking with Pat Lee. Can't go into detail right now with it, but I'm just glad to be back in the podcast. Seems like I picked a good time to return because we're just coming off hot off the Royal Rumble. And looks like while things may have changed, some things still remain the same because I'm looking at Brock Lesnar right now trying to compete for the belt. I'm sure we got a lot to talk about in regards to that, so I'll let y'all take it ahead. All right, so we have always my best co-host, Duck Goes Bang, Rimrock, Rimrock Fire Kitchen, Clutch, and Trigger Ray with the AK. Would you like to take it away, Duck Goes Bang? First, today's topics... It's going to be um, the Royal Rumble recap. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure we have some thoughts, some feelings on some things. Um, I guess also, if y'all want to touch briefly, we can either do it before our main topic or or after our main topic. But the main topic is fickle. It's fickle fans, uh, to be exact, so I can read it to you verbatim. And actually give you an idea what, what that actually means. Does fans or casual viewers stuck on old acts like Stone Cold's The Rocks hinders WWE from making new stars? Reasons why we always have nostalgic acts like Rock, Goldberg, Cena, and The Rock. So, long story short, a wonderful topic by Rem Rock. Um, so, long story short, uh, it's the old school mentality and the people who live in yesteryear is the reason why we can't get advancements in new superstars. And I will like to start it. I see. I don't want to start that off. We're just going to talk about the Royal Rumble because I have a thought about that. Because I just talked to Chris about it and I said some things in there. We was having a conversation about it. But I'll get into that later. So. Royal Rumble, I think personally, I give it an eight point five. I did have a small break with the women's uh, Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. very small, very small, but nothing crazy. But how's everybody else feeling about the Royal Rumble? That shit was trash. Oh, the whole thing. Right. Honestly, what? my rating is a one point, a two out of ten. I would not recommend, would never watch again. Whoa, that's all right. That's heavy. Ouch. <laughs> that, that's all she goes there. Like, fuck it. It's that bad. <laughs> Rimrock, what you got to say about the Rumble, was, man? And I, I think the, 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 the heavy eight for. It had, had a couple hiccups. 
I feel a solid show. Pace was well. They really were beside me. Uh, well, Pat Lee, welcome back again, of course. Pat Lee, what's your analysis on this Rumble? Best match maybe that you liked? Worst match? Um, I'd probably say the best match to me, and it's just mostly from a storytelling standpoint, was Seth versus Roman. And this is probably the one time that I actually wanted Seth to win because I felt like he's been built well as like the baby face. He's never actually lost to Roman Reigns. So the way how it ended to me made me seem like, okay, well, here's the tribal chief. He's been dominating for a whole entire year, and he knows he can't beat Seth, so he desperately gets himself disqualified. How they move forward from there, I'm not too sure. Does Seth get entered in the title picture? Does he go after the belt in the Elimination Chamber? I don't know. But I thought it was effective storytelling. I thought that the pay-per-view overall was good. I'd probably say maybe a 7.5, 7.8 out of 10. At first, I was kind of disappointed that Ronda won the Rumble only because personally, I wanted Bianca to win it. But as long as she fights Becky Lynch, I'd be fine with that because I know when Ronda first came about and Becky was still the man, people did want to see that matchup. That was the matchup that would draw money. So I still want to see that. I don't want to see her face Charlotte again because as much as I like Charlotte, I'm kind of tired of seeing Charlotte in the main event. But, you know, that's another story for another day. But overall, I thought it was a pretty good pay-per-view. You get what you expect from WWE. You get Brock Lesnar. You get Roman Reigns. It's, it's what's to be expected from them, unfortunately. But I thought it was a pretty decent pay-per-view. Okay, okay. Clutch, you're up. It's the Clutch. Oh. <laughs> nah, the, the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble was not as bad as people make it sound as it was because it went as predicted. I know we try not to use that word predicted. However, when you're watching a WWE pay-per-view, you have to also know that there's going to be some foolishness that comes around with it. Now, overall, the matches I wasn't disappointed with. The Women's Royal Rumble actually, actually was not bad for me. It really wasn't. I don't have a problem with Ronda winning, let alone facing Becky for the title. Did she need to win? No. Do I have a problem with her winning? No. As far as the men, that's where I somewhat have the issue. Because there could have been so many ways that could have went about it. And then at the same time, it also leads to what we're going to talk about a little later about how the fans are being fickle about certain things but nonetheless for me I enjoy the Royal Rumble until that last part of it with Brock obviously winning at number 30 but I enjoyed it nonetheless I just want to say like um, well I'm sorry who else has to go on their whole I guess review of the pay-per-view or score Ray with the AK do you want to go Doc? Well, no, I just want to say my, my my little gripes is this, right? And I'm, the reason why I don't speak on the men's too much is because one of my gripes with the men is basically the conversation we're about to have. But the one thing I have with the women, bro, is the usage of the guest superstars. 
They made a big issue. Now, unless your name was Bella, Mickey, or I guess some hall like some Hall of Famer, and not really, you didn't really get used. It was kind of like yo, like you could have did that whole pay per view. Or that whole Royal Rumble champion like match was just the women that were already there. You didn't need to bring back anybody because nothing really came from it. It's like, you know, guest superstars wasn't even used as like it would have been cool to see Naomi and, and Cam team up for a bit. I'm not saying I'm a Cameron fan. I'm just saying, like, yo, her tag is right there. She got eliminated before she even came in. They could have been some tag team chicks. You could have actually used that to be like, you know what, let's see what would happen if we can make Naomi a quick heel real quick. Do some cool shit. Knock her out. Like, you could have used those people to do a lot more, and it just felt like they just needed, which we already knew, they just needed placeholders because they don't have any. And, I mean, that kind of sucks, but I overall enjoyed the outcome. I was shocked by it. Overjoyed, like, overall enjoyed the women who were in the only issue was the guest people in it and how they were used. Outside of, like I said, Rhonda, a Bella twin, or Mickey, you being in there, you had maybe four minutes at best, maybe a minute at best, two, if you were good. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it could have... I wish they just would have used them better to do other things for other superstars than just to be able to come in through the ropes, pop lock, and get knocked the fuck out. But that's just me. Uh, take it away. Alrighty, so let's start with the women's because that's the one that really pissed me off. So basically, my first gripe the, excuse me, most of like all the excitement was taken out when WWE announced so many of the women coming back. On top of that, some of them, i.e. the Bella Twins, didn't even know they were even being announced coming back. They thought it was going to be a surprise. That's my first gripe. Second one. This whole Sonya and Naomi thing, it's played out. Say, uh, Sonya has been ducking Naomi for almost a whole year. It's like 251 days. Naomi posted this on her page, on Instagram page. She won that battle. That, that. Okay, cool. Here fucking, here we go in the fucking Royal Rumble. Naomi comes out, start model-opping her ass. She ends up getting her out. Naomi tries to save herself, and here comes Sonya. So we're just going to keep reliving this dumb-ass battle between them that has been going on for so long. Like, let it die. Usually, after, you know, a match, it's kind of dead. Now it's like this is the only thing they can think of to use Naomi and Sonya for. The only good one I can think of that went on for a really long time is Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. That's the only one that I felt like gone throughout the years that kind of sort of makes sense. This, this is dumb. Second, Bianca did not do anything that whole rumble that was significant until the very end when she cleared out about three or four people. And then she's gone. And then the audacity to have Ronda Rousey come back and have a title shot when you had, even I was on, y'all know I'm not a big Sasha Banks fan. Even when Sasha Banks, well, Sasha, that whole thing with 
uh, Melina Bernardo how about that? But even Sasha put on a good performance. And y'all know I'm I'm not even big on talking, you know, I'm I don't want fucks with Sasha after the whole page thing. Liv Morgan was killing it in the Royal fucking Rumble. And then her partner comes out and then the Bella Twins, I think, got them, kicked them out. Like, what is this? It was a whole, it's a waste of all of the buildup that a lot of these women had to go through for Ronda to come back after she done absolutely nothing for her to get a title shot. She's, she's, she's an old wrestler. I don't give a fuck that she came to, from the UFC. I don't give a fuck about that. She's okay. She's horrible on the mic. She has no stage presence. Why are y'all still pushing her? Y'all treating her like Brock Lesnar and she has not fucking deserved that shit. At all. Then we have Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. In my opinion, one of the worst matches I've ever fucking seen. They really had Bobby looking like a fucking raggedy and doll. My baby was thrown about. Like, what, what? what's really going on here? Like, what was the whole point of that? And then he had to get saved? Here comes fucking Rory saving him? And then he walked out with the title like everything's all Gucci? Make that shit make sense. So you're really telling me Bobby Lashley, who has a better record than UFC, who was built so similar to Brock Lesnar, was completely befuddled by this man. And this motherfucker only wrestles one way. Nah, I agree with you on that one. That match was different. Like, literally. Y'all were like, you know, it's about to be Black History Month. Like, here, here you go, Bobby. But let him fuck you up real quick. Like, it makes absolutely, you can't, he can't come back from that. He cannot come back as a strong champion from that, bro. You can't. You really can't. Like, what if it started, it it was, it was, and I don't know, I don't know which a suplex. I started bath for ball, especially when my man, you know, was over. Four, five, five. I'm like, nah, what's going on? Like, I thought he was going like, like, I thought he was like, I, 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 as a match, once the ref guy in the was about to happen. Here's my thing. That was a dream match for so many fucking fans. I don't understand why. I don't think it was a dream match, in my opinion. But, you know, to each its own. But for that to be a dream match, and all it really was, was literally Bobby getting fucking destroyed for most of it. And then here comes Roman Reigns to come and save him, which I also have a fucking problem with. And then, you know, he just walks out, yeah, I'm the champion. You look weak as fuck. Get you're at the bottom of the totem pole, bro. How, bad, bad bunny looks harder than you right now. Make that shit make sense, bro. Make that make sense to me. And then the Royal Rumble. Here comes Brock. Like really? Like what was the whole point? Like there was nothing spectacular. The worst part is Bad Bunny and Royal Rumble look better than every other fucking person in there, and that is fucking sad. This motherfucker doesn't even wrestle. He's doing this shit for kicks and giggles. He's just doing this shit to, because he's going to put, like, oh, I, I accomplished a goal. 
This bitch is not coming back next year. How does he look better than all y'all? Why is this acceptable? That shit was trash. The only good match was Edge and his wife and Miz and his wife. Sorry, I don't know their names. That was okay. See, if you ever see the Miz and his wife in like a doubles battle, you already know they're gonna lose. Real talk. You already know. Mm-hmm. But it was a cute match. Dude, versus, uh... Becky. Becky, first of all, I'm just gonna say, I need some of y'all motherfuckers, the way y'all were jumping down Naya's throat, this is all top, I just need to say this, who were jumping down Naya's throat, y'all need to be on dude job because my baby is like throwing her whole weight around on these bitches. Y'all not saying shit, but I digress. That was what, eh, that was okay. I ain't really expect dude job to win. Honestly, I thought she was gonna be in the Royal Rumble because she said that, so I was kind of like, that's kind of weird. I think she got pulled so uh, Ronda Rousey could come in, which I think was weird. But like overall, that there's nothing happening. There was, it was just, if y'all wait, I, I was, that was my time because it's like, oh yeah, W's gonna do some fucked up shit, but it's like everything, like I Fucked up. Like none of this shit made sense from beginning to end. Nobody who's been putting in the effort to keep WWE going during a pandemic has, is getting a fucking chance. Even fucking Liv, I'm not a big fan of Liv Morgan. She's been doing fucking great. She has been progressing, and then she just gets kicked out by the boat. I, I feel it. What is it gonna take to actually see some good change? It's gonna take a lot of backlash. I feel. Just There's a lot that they could take to make change, but that's probably going into the other topics that I wanted to talk about later. Yeah, I was going to say, like, man, at this point, it seemed like what this boy is going to head into pretty much every, what it seems like everybody's right is what the topic is. So should we just go ahead and jump into that? Why not? Okay, I'll say this, man. Since it was a rough topic, go ahead and start So, you know, I mean, like, I've been reading, reading a lot of comments, reading, I thought about it. Like, maybe that lies on the nostalgic and on people's past because people respond so well when they see these people. So it was like, well, we don't have to create new stars if we wait at age of pay-per-views. All we got to do is bring back such and such and so-and-so, and we're going to get the major pots for these people, and it's going to bring, you know, we want to see these money on tickets, and we're going to generate revenue that way. So it's not really you have to build more talent. You know, you might have maybe one or two new people who might slip through the crack, but it's like, especially like it's old you know what? What's a quick way we can patch what's wrong with our product? Somebody call Brock. Somebody call. Oh, working this weekend? We're going to use you again. Like, it's always they rely on the past so much. And that's going to hinder the future because they rely so much on the past. But then we also have people who be like, oh, I miss, I miss how the actor be. Oh, I miss this wrestler in. They don't give the new people a chance to get back. So it's similar. Like it's like a double-edged sword. 
you hear me? Yeah, okay, we can hear you. We're making sure to give you the time to like keep going if you want to keep oh, going. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just how I felt about that's just how situation because there's no much to elaborate because we all you know what I mean ever I mean, you know what I mean when is it going to stop even in the men's role I mean but then um no I was I go ahead no go ahead finish your earn statement now I'm saying like they the theory Oh, he got it. He lasted. I mean, so it's like, how they really build when they really not? We just see them all right. the time. I mean, I would say this, like, like to your point, when you say, you know, what we gotta do to get new, you know, new people, new, new, you know, this, that, and the third. I think the issue is for real, for real. Too many people coming for the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, too many people make excuses for the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's fine. Like, it's easy to rate shit off in WWE because it's entertainment. You know what I'm saying? That's the entertainment card that get pulled. You know, we had a whole conversation about my man Golden Monkey Testicle Nut, uh, the Golden Egg shit, and we talked about it. Yeah. And he- and even with the complaints, it's like it's still people that's like, well, it's entertainment. What more do you want? And it's like it's more than just entertainment. It's like, bro, like there's so many things that could have happened for you to build up this. Like, for example, rumor has it, um, we we talked about it. Uh, the, the big bro, the the, the ultimate bro, uh, Matt Riddle. He was supposed to win it. Now. That's a whole yeah. now. That's a whole wild card. That's a whole wild card. But when you break it down, like me and Chris was talking about, it's like, yo, y'all can feel what you feel about the man, but he got hands. He is MMA trained. You know who else is MMA trained? Yeah, Bobby and Brock. So I ain't saying that he's stronger than him, but to say that, but that's a good matchup. There's things they could have done with that. There's a whole different dynamic with the wrestling game that could have happened. But you're not going to get that push because, well, Brock's here and Brock is Brock, and we need Brock to be Brock because Brock is Brock, and that's just, and that's just, and that's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you really break down an investment of Brock, it's like, yo, yo, I mean, Brock is money. Brock is Brock. Brock been here being Brock. Brock and Brock is since Brock was Brock when he was Brock, and then that's that, and that's and that's how you explain away. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, well, it makes sense because let's put Brock in it because Brock is Brock. The same with any other person. Like, Miranda, I ain't really too mad because Miranda was here. I ain't shit, at least for me. I get it. I understand it. I get why everybody's upset. But I'm not going to put... I ain't going to give that to Miranda. And, like, and, 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 and even though I'm not mad at the situation or I don't, you know what I'm saying, like him winning, there is something to be said that like the fam was thinking of the title man. And he took a spot from somebody just to be like, well, we need a reason for him to fight moment. He could just be black and just game face Like there's no reason for him to have taken that spot. You know what I'm saying? At all. Hey, Brock is gonna do this. Whoever wins gotta go for raw. And just keep it at that. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you could have gave that to anybody. But, it, like you said, I think it's just so much, like, people are, it's just the easy go-to for people. And it's, and the issue is always, it makes money. It makes money. It makes money. That's true. Exactly. But, let me, but let me ask this. In a weird, in a weird ultimate a moment of, right, and money. right, and in a moment, in a moment where shit can happen in real life, what happens if Brock, Goldberg, Cena, Rock, whoever can't do nothing at this moment for what you need? Then what are you going to do? You have no other stars to build up. Everybody, like, it's sad when you look at the Royal Rumble and you be like, I don't know who could win it because none, none of it makes sense. 30 people. Let's just take Brock out of the equation and let's just say Johnny Knoxville, right? 28 other people had an opportunity to be raised up and have a chance to be elevated. And it didn't happen. Oh, uh, guys. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with you, but let's welcome um, Dashing D. Thank you very much for showing up to the podcast today. We just hit the fickle mark, <laughs> and Duck has been going on a tirade. <laughs> <There I go. laughs> oh, okay. I mean, it, ain't, it ain't much of a tirade. I was just agreeing with my homie Ram. Like, that's all it. It ain't much. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a. It's, catch me it's up to speed. Yeah, basically, pretty much. Like I so, guess they do not play the record. Go ahead, man. All right, so basically, Ram, you're breaking up for me. Like if it, if um the WE they can you get better now? Just yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so so basically, WWE. Opposed to building new. So I was saying, like, like in my mind, it's like, okay, it could be as a fight, like, fight Michael or Kobe or LeBron or Kyrie at that level, but they're not giving level. That's only two. I think for me, like the worst part about it is like you really have like shining stars who work their asses off and they get over with the fans and WWE uses that to push the same motherfuckers again. That blows my mind because it's like you have another opportunity to have another star, another person to kind of like push forth something, but because Vince doesn't like them like that, or Vince doesn't need your fit, or because Vince doesn't know what to do with them, he uses them for maybe a month or so, and you push that momentum on a person who don't need it, i.e. Brock Lesnar, i.e. Becky Lynch, i.e. Charlotte, i.e. Roman Reigns. You can name any of them. And it's like, you're, you're wasting talent here, and it's like, Y'all don't know what to do. And it's like, until Vince is completely gone and his chairmen are completely gone, this shit is going to keep happening. And it's really sad because when Triple H was a part of it, it was so great. But then Vince wanted mm-hmm. to get his tidy whities in a bunch and wanted to take that away. And now it's fucking up everything. So what was the point of doing all that? 
You just want control. You're right. You're right. And it's like fans speak out you about know, it, so- but then you have the WWE oh. fans that be like, hold on. Well, this isn't so bad. This isn't bad. Like, yes, it's not. It may not be the worst thing, but it's still ass. Like, it don't got to be, like, shitty ass to be ass. Like, it doesn't have to be so extreme for you to have to speak out on it. It's okay to say this is not good. What they're doing is not good. Because that's the only way they're going to change if more fans speak out about it. But then you have the diehard WWE fans like, oh, you're just, you're just a hater. WWE is doing so many great things. Just wait. You don't give them enough opportunities. This, how many, many more years of opportunities do WWE need? Honestly, none. They had their time. They've had opportunities. And we have seen what they've done with said opportunities and what, you know, people's livelihoods. You let go all these people and they bring that Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar? Come on now. Side note, Finn Balor, even on the card at all. all. My heart was broken with that. No I was Finn. like, where is Finn? Where is Finn at? I was oh. looking for him. That was so sad. No Finn or his sex. No Finn. Yes. No Finn, no Matt Riddle. No w. Kind of thing. Dashing D, um, what are your thoughts on fickle fans? This this whole topic. You see, you see how hyped up it gets people. It gets the people on the edge of the seat because it's talked about, and it, it, it definitely, I think the Royal Rumble definitely hit that mark of like, pow. That, go ahead. What do you think? It's 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 interesting that you you guys are discussing fickle fans, and you guys, I'm listening to everyone air their grievances about you know the pay per view and everything. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting um, being on both sides of the fence. As a fan, I, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Um, from the business aspect and knowing the business model for WWE, it's different. Um, because we're wrestling fans, right? All of us, I, I think we can agree. We're, we're diehard wrestling fans. We care about the storylines. We care about the talent. We have the people that we invest in. But we're not the target audience anymore. You know? Um, you got to think about WWE as that flagship product. It's overly commercialized. It's like your favorite band on tour overseas. You know, you have bought into the albums. You have bought into things. You know the lyrics backwards and forwards of all their popular songs and their B-sides. There's so many people who don't know the B-sides of wrestling. There's so many people that are invested in they're spending their money. There's no B-side. There's no extra lyrics. There's none of that. And that's who WWE is trying to get in. Um, Bad Bunny being in the Royal Rumble is no coincidence. It's, it's no real fanfare other than the fact that Bad Bunny brings in new business. Bad Bunny is there to sell tickets to a particular genre of people who know who really are aware of wrestling but not truly invested into wrestling. Brock Lesnar is another one who is bringing in wrestling fans who they like wrestling for what they've seen through WWE but they never even heard of AEW. 
and AEW is on the rise is one of the you know almost as the number two tier promotion possibly looking at a future of a number one but if you look vastly at AEW's product Ring of Honor's product Impact's product New Japan's product from WWE you see such huge distinct differences because one takes care of us wrestling fans the other well they're just trying to actually be a multi-billionaire company that is going to be global there's a reason saudi arabia is getting elimination chamber and not anywhere in the united states this year it's because wwe is moving more into a conglomerate and there's good for that and there's also bad you know there's good for that in New talent, you know, guys like me, quote unquote, other guys on the grind. If we ever get a shot for WWE, there's more money to go around. There's a reason that we can get the contract. There's a reason that you got guys in there that have damn near destroyed themselves just to get to WWE. And they're there and they have a crappy gimmick and they're jobbing every night and they're happier than ever. Because sometimes when we're true to ourselves and we're true to the fan base, there's not a lot of money. For some guys, that's the payoff. You know, I got to get paid. I got to take care of my family. I got to do all of these things because let's face it, life is real out here. But the flip side of that is, you know, the security that comes with being in the WWE and with a WWE paycheck. But for guys who are performers who are also still fans themselves or who are also so creative, you can find yourself in that big of a spot and feel shackled just the same because you got to follow the program. I'm not going to be able, like if I get signed with WWE today, I doubt I'll, I'll be able to be my character. Um, I'm going to get some watered down version or I'm going to get, what Vince sees out of me, you know? Um, We look at a lot of characters. Glenn Jacobs is a perfect example. He came in as Isaac Yankum and then was turned to Kane. It was all because of what Vince saw out of him versus what anything Glenn Jacobs wanted to bring to the table. He just knew how to do that role and then do it well enough to adapt and be this template for Vince to go, hey, no, we're going to put you in this direction, and it worked. Right, and we were um, able to eventually on, love on that. One, on one thing, dashing, uh, uh, you know, but Mr. Yeah. Duck goes bang over here. He's got a question for you, real quick, Duck. Uh-huh. Um, uh, specifically for you, because um, I want to say, out of us, you're the one who actually has a career in wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. for you. And I don't remember if we asked you this during your first interview, but even if we did, I would like to have a refresher. For you as a wrestler who steps in the ring, what is your definition of a fickle fan? My definition of a fickle fan is... I'll put it like this. Uh, The fickle fan in my aspect, and this is... it, It goes both sides, but... A lot of times you find sometimes wrestling fans don't always really know what they want. You know what I'm saying? Um, And the reason that I say that is because Roman Reigns is probably a perfect example of that. Yeah. 
we were ready to eat Roman Reigns alive when they gave him to him as the babyface guy, popular dude that he already kind of was in the role that he had. And we booed him out of building after building. They played beach ball in the middle of his WrestleMania match against Brock. And now we fast forward three years. And though there are many that are not biting on it, how many are really biting on it now and just love this version of Roman Reigns? It's really not that different in ring other than the, some of the character, other than the fact that he's playing more into this character of the tribal chief that he's, it's still very much similar to Roman Reigns with the vest. It's just, we've removed the vest and we have allowed him to explore more of his own personality. But what Roman says in promos, even how he says it is not entirely that different. Mm-hmm. So again, mm-hmm. you find, you find yourself looking at those kind of aspects and you kind of start realizing like, Sometimes fans are complaining about things that they just want to see it in their way. And then you give it to them and it quickly gets stale and then they don't want to see it anymore. And it's like one of the beauty, the, one of the most beautiful things about wrestling is the fact that fans can feel like they influence a lot of the moments and big things that happen. And it's, it's one, the only sport that is as interactive as it is. But the thing is, is that sometimes fans have gotten to this point now on the Internet where they want to influence the actual booking. You know, we've, got, we've gotten to a point where fans are definitely, they want to dictate how they see the show go. And to a degree, sometimes, yeah, no, it's, it's just very frustrating. You see guys get, you know, they're getting the push over and over and over and over and over again. Sometimes you can tell it's just the politics that's holding this person back versus that person. Or you'll see talent just get wasted when they're better than probably half the roster. And as a passionate fan, of course, you're going to get frustrated about that. But sometimes it's because, again, WWE, like, I don't know if you guys know this, but WWE is a fully structured business. There's agents for matches, there is script writers, there is a whole creative team, there is, um, you know, reviews that they do, they do little, um, they do, uh, like, you know how, like, movies have the test runs of certain matches? They do that with their matches, that's what dark matches usually are, to see what the reactions are from fans in certain areas, how the responses are. Sometimes some of the dark matches are celebrated in a certain way in this particular town and area, and then that's the show that gets booked the same well, exact way for a pay-per-view. But no right, one, everyone else doesn't way. respond to it the same way. You know? <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of the 205 Live, a lot of new talent sometimes are exposed in these, um, these dark matches, and that's, that's just test run. That's the background footage that actually becomes the marquee for this new character that sometimes becomes such a beloved character. But it all became, you know, it came into that. You know, WWE is is a machine. It's literally a machine. And everybody is on an assembly line of factory parts to be pushed out. Um, 
And then you have those, and you have those talents so like Bray Wyatt, who is just so amazing and in tune to what he could do with a character and to what he had to do with the character. And you know what that does? Sometimes it upsets the entire machine. Because again, WWE is written like a television episode. They're, WWE, WrestleMania is the Big season finale. You know? Sometimes we gotta, you gotta remember, wrestling is like, wrestling you gotta compare to a soap opera. We're always building to our season finale. The season finale is usually written... Like, WrestleMania, after WrestleMania happens this year, they're starting to write the next WrestleMania already. And sometimes that's why you have a lot of things that may not have come to pass yet, because they're already, they already have written the storyline out, and they're just building to it. You're just getting the fillers. Oh, we're going to have this happen before here. But they kind of write WrestleMania first, and then write everything else leading up to it, and then other stuff that starts to come around, they figure out, you know, based off of an injury, based off of different things. Um, we talked about it in the first one. It's the reason why someone can have, WWE can have our eyes on an indie talent or somebody that they want to use, and the timing is just wrong. Um, I remember a seminar I took with D'Lo Brown. Chris Bay is an impact right now. Mm. They tapped him for over a year. They wanted him and they were afraid to lose him, but they couldn't bring him on board because they could not work him into the current script that they had going. So timing plays a big factor as well because it becomes about need, necessity, and what creative is already working on. And sometimes a lot of people, they do get lost in the shuffle Again, Vince also, he has the final say on everything and it becomes that its own conundrum with that. But there is no thing that is not this full on machine of a system that goes through. Like wrestlers, they talk to their agent who then has to talk to the other person in creative who eventually tries to get it to Vince. You know, and right now I think we have, uh, I'm horrible with who's who because I don't really get too involved in the politics, but I try to learn the structure if I'm ever in that position so I can know what I would have to do and just having, you know, because some companies run like WWE, even though they're not WWE and they're just independent, you know, like um, there are companies that I've worked for and I had to, I had to parlay everything to an agent. Um, and that gets weird because now I have to talk to this guy and I got to sell him on it. And then he's got to sell the guy that's booking to find out if he wants to even allow this to happen. Um, and when it comes to booking, sometimes you can't sell a person on the image that you have for, just for the understanding of your character because they have an understanding of what they want to do with their program. And that clashes a lot. And what you wind up having with fans is, is that, again, fans are invested to a point where they want the booking the way they want the booking. They don't want to be disappointed. But sometimes you guys don't even realize that disappointment that you're having right now is what leads to that payoff at WrestleMania when everyone's like, he's got it, and you're going crazy about it. They're working you the same way. Um, so fans being fickle, yeah, wow. that's where that kind of comes into. Yo, I just want to say the wildest flex I think we're here, yo. I was kicking it with D-Lo, man. That's, yeah, yeah. that's, that's what's <laughs> up, though. 
But that's a wild flex, yo. I like that, yo. <laughs> it's not a flex. It was literally, look, it was a seminar. I paid to be there. <laughs> I can't say it no, was a flex. Like, yeah. No, nah, it's still pretty dope. Like, yo, like, I love D-Lo. Like, you know, yo, I kicked it with D-Lo. Um, it's pretty cool to say. Does anybody else want to yes, chime in with an amazing know, dude. or anybody have anything to comment or question or even go back and forth with D? I, I do. I do, actually. There was something that was dawning on me while I was listening to all of this. I know one of the things where the major issue was about there was no new stars created. However, when I look at this main roster, there's only a handful of superstars I could think of that's been with the company since 2002 to 2003. I mean, 2002 and beyond. One of them mm-hmm. we just saw was Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, The Miz. I'm sure R Truth, even though R Truth was there before, but he was there for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So, in turn, most of the people that we see that's on this roster, oh, Drew McIntyre is another one. But most of the people that we see that's on this roster now all came from NXT. And now, the current iteration of NXT that we have are basically people that we've never seen or heard of before. Other than maybe still... No, no, I've seen them before. Security guards. Right? Which, which, if you're paying attention lately, um, Champa and Dunn... Aren't as visible anymore. Nah, they've been they've been slowly working their way up to the top. Uh, yeah, they have. Yeah. 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 They have. They've been doing dark matches lately. And they're on two oh five. My over my overall point is that you get what we like in the ways we get what we ask for. We just don't appreciate it again. We use Roman use Dashing use Roman as a perfect example. Twenty fourteen we wanted him to eliminate Batista from the Royal Rumble. Cool. Yeah, fast forward a year later because Daniel Bryan didn't win the Rumble and everyone was in it. Roman's been getting hate for years and years and years. And what was the, what was the notion? Oh, he's Vince's boy. Oh, he's being forced. Oh, he's the Rock's cousin. So even look at Seth a couple years ago. We wanted Seth to win the Universal title because he was white hot as Intercontinental Champion. We get that now all of a sudden. He's getting booed out the building. So, to me, I guess that should hit the nail on the head when it comes to being fickle that people don't know what they want or how well it's because it's not the guy that they want at the top. Oh, we're just going to shit on everybody else. It's the same thing with the women at some time. It's like, okay, the women are out there, but then at the same time, you have people going to the bathroom or they're using beach balls, this, that, or whatever in the case. So if I'm sitting back here and I'm Vince and I'm looking at this, I'm like, all right, there's two things that's going on in my mind. I have to either change something or I'm just going to do whatever the hell I want anyway. So I said this, I think, a time also where fans, creative, and the wrestler, it all comes together for everybody to make a superstar a superstar. Because in a way, we got what we wanted. Majority of the roster for SmackDown and Raw's all NXT superstars. Or they came from NXT. Now, NXT 2.0 has been cleaned, cleaned out of pretty much that was indie wrestlers that were household names somewhere else. Maybe not per se in WWE, but somewhere else. And now Vince has started from scratch developing new stars. 
And then you have people saying 2.0 is shitty, which is odd to me because I personally like it, but there's no here or there about that. My overall thing is that people are going to be fickle regardless, you know, and you can't really please everybody. However, granted, there are some things that we know is frustrating that the WWE does, especially pertaining, like, with Brock being constantly in a superstar spot. Granted, he is a superstar, but at the same time, we can't neglect the fact that there are things that we're asking for. We're just not liking what we get or who's being presented at a point in time. Look at the New Day. The New Day was another group. Booed out the building, left and right. And then they turned heel. What happened? They became one of the more favorite tag teams in the whole show. Yep. Which the New Day, if you really know their story, that was a failed experiment. It was. Exactly. That was a completely failed experiment, and they were all about to be fired. Exactly. <laughs> What's bet his whole career basically saying if I don't sit there and we don't get over, you can fire us. And they did. They did. Because Biggie came in the stoic, silent dude where he was just Dolph Ziggler and AJ's muscle. Kofi always had some charisma, but it never was showed like it was with the New Day. And Xavier Woods, unless he was watching Impact, Xavier Woods, he had it, but you know, it just never was showing either. But then they came together, and then once they turned heel, they took off. They took off. And now they want the bet. They're actually going to eventually, eventually, they'll be in the Hall of Fame probably sooner rather than later because of what they did as a group. But it just goes to show when you give something time. People do come together and things do work hey, out also, for the best. I mean, that's true. That's very good and true. And then, <clears throat> doesn't that also pertain to like the sit and wait kind of? Let's see how this plays out. And Pat Lee, you brought that up a little earlier, and I, I think you wanted to actually yeah. also speak on this and then speak with D as well. Yeah, so just a couple of things before I get to my point. Uh, first of all, I think I can speak for everyone when I say this. Uh, Dash and D, it's very refreshing to have you on this podcast. I mean, I've never actually heard from somebody in the wrestling business, so I feel like you bring a nice balanced perspective on the ins and outs of it. So I just want to say thank you for your commentary. Um, oh, thank appreciate you for having me. Anytime. Hope you can uh, come back for future episodes. Um, just kind of touching a bit on the fickleness and giving like a perfect example and not to bring up Roman again, but I just find it funny how like for years, so many people shat on Roman for having a shield vest for coming down to the ring to the same exact entrance over and over. And they cheered Seth Rollins yesterday for doing the exact same thing that Roman did. Like, didn't people say they were sick of the shield and sick of the vest and sick of the intro, but as soon as Seth does it, oh, it's fine. It's nostalgic. It's cool. But whatever. That's that's just that one point. My whole thing. I just want to add a point when he's finished to that point as well. Sorry. Not good. I definitely do think that WWE needs to uh, build new stars, but I don't think it's necessarily because fans want the attitude ever back. I think the problem is that. Most of the wrestling talent who's new in WWE is the same. Like, there's no character that really stands out like it was in the Attitude Era where Stone Cold was the redneck who was rebellious against his boss. Rock was from wrestling royalty. 
Undertaker was from the dark side. Like, no one stands out anymore. It's just, you know, hey, I'm here. I can wrestle. I'm mad. I want to win a belt. Like, it's the same cookie-cutter formula for most of their talent. So the talent that do stand out, at least in my opinion, are the talent that are already established. Now, I know you said, uh, Duff, that, you know, wrestling is entertainment and, you know, not from a sarcastic point of view, but you were like elaborating that we shouldn't necessarily see that side of things. But I've always oh, said no, it from no, the beginning. I'm sorry. It's more yeah. so, oh, my bad. It's more so not see it from that thing because, like me, you have spoken and actually spoken out and said publicly in the group that WWE is an entertainment group, it's an entertainment company. They mm-hmm. are in the business of entertainment. My, I guess, with my statement, is more so towards like. When a fan has an actual gripe or actually have a quote-unquote complaint like we were talking about earlier, those complaints get brushed off as, well, it's entertainment. So, you know what I'm saying? It's almost, I don't want to say it's almost kind of shut up and wrestle type of thing, but it's more so a, hey, don't complain. It's in the name of entertainment. You're entertained. Be entertained. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and, and we, me and you, not to take over your whole point, but like me, I just want to, you know, clarify, but like me and you also went against a certain person when it came to always hating WWE and that conversation will be next week's convert like topic. But, you know, it's people who have legit complaints about things. It's no different than saying, you know what, I love Grey's Anatomy, but season, but this new season, it's kind of lacking. You know what I'm saying? Versus somebody who'd be like, hey, I love Grey's Anatomy, but guess mm. what? I hated season one through 19. It's like, well, damn, did you really love the show? Yeah, I love it. I just hated this whole, every season I hate it. Like, you can't really hate the whole season. And you know what I'm saying? But that, that whole topic is for next week's topic. Definitely. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Yeah, you did make some good No, thanks for clarifying that because I wasn't too sure 100%. But my whole point is, and this isn't to defend the WWE, but it's kind of like alluding to what Dash and D said. We're not the target audience anymore. We haven't been since Ruthless Aggression era ended. Vincent Mann and the WWE run a publicly traded company. They don't care about wrestling fans. They don't care who we want to see push. What they care is what makes the money, who uh, brings in revenue from ticket sales, who's buying merchandise. I don't really see too many people buying Keith Lee t-shirts. I'm a big fan of Keith Lee, but I'm just just using him as an example. But you see plenty of Roman Reigns t-shirts. Vince McMahon isn't going to the dirt sheets or wrestling groups saying, okay, well, let me see who we can push. What's he doing? He's looking at his uh, shareholders meetings. He's looking at his profits and losses. He's looking at who had the most ticket sales, uh, not ticket sales, merchandise sales. Those are the guys he's pushing because he has the answers to shareholders. The people who I feel like have the most voice in wrestling, who have the most gripe towards wrestling, rather, while it may be us, we're the minority. The majority of the ones who, despite the fact that we may say, hey, you're not pushing Keith Lee, they're still going to go to the show and buy a ticket and watch regardless. That's what I kind of feel like people have the whole perception of, well, it's just entertainment, because realistically, at the end of the day, you're either going to go to the show, you're going to enjoy it for what it is, and watch it, or you're going to 
complain about the show. You're going to say that this show was bad. This pay-per-view was bad, but you're still going to watch it the following week. Vince McMahon responds to money. Case in point, WWE had real shit back in 93 and 94 when they had Doink the Clown, Duke the Dumpster, Joe C, all those ridiculous characters, and yet they were still doing well. It wasn't until WCW came and overtook him in the ratings that he responded and was like, okay, now we need to make changes. That's what needs to happen for WWE to do better, I feel. They need to see that it's hurting their pockets. Once that happens, then we'll see the changes that we want to see. We'll see a return back to long-term dedicated storylines, uh, characters that we want to see push, push. But until it starts hitting them in the pocket saying lose money, nothing's going to change. A whole pandemic brought them down. They lost half their roster, and they're still doing better than most companies. Why? Because they're profitable. That's just the unfortunate nature of the business. There, uh, uh, if I can add to that, okay, right. If I can add to that, um, again, you know, they're also they're the big dog. They're the big dog. They're you can't have wrestling is iconic and synonymous with WWE now. Anyone who knows like I'll put it like this: if I tell someone what I do wrestling wise, they automatically always ask, "Wait, so are you working with WWE?" You know, it's 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 the uh, it's the only notable wrestling organization globally. Um, WWE at this point is too big to stop. With if WWE quote unquote crumbles, there is not a flagship of wrestling to even replace it right now. Um, again, you got to think about think about where we were during the Attitude Area WWE WCW. We were still a minority if we were watching wrestling. Um, Paradox um, can attest to the fact that when we were in school, we were clowned for being the guys that watched wait, wait, wait. wrestling. Wait, wait, minus, minus the locker room announcements <laughs> you know? of me being the road dog. Everybody liked that shit, but then everything else was like, all right, everything else is whack, chill. Exactly. You know, there were there were the little things that were kind of cool for wrestling, but it was like you got to remember, wrestling fans are very much on par with comic book nerds in the Attitude Era. One of the reasons that Attitude Era actually made wrestling such a great thing is because it finally gave wrestling an edge. It finally made wrestling seem like something worth looking at. It gave wrestling such an attitude that people who didn't respect wrestling suddenly started to. So now that you, you know, that was why the catered audience at that time was 18 to 30 years old. That was the target audience then. But once they've got us in, wrestling now is part of pop culture. There's wrestling references and tri- trivia games all over the world as soon as entertainment hits. I play, the, I play this trivia crack game ever so often. They'll pull up a picture of Triple H and ask, who is this? You know, John Cena being a big movie star, The Rock being a big movie star, other wrestlers like even Big Show getting, you know, notoriety to be popping up in, in media like that. That was because wrestling got as popular as it did versus what it was actually during that time. But now that it's established and WWE kind of won that war, WWE is the icon of wrestling. 
And as the icon of wrestling as it is, like you said, no other company is going to probably phantomly do what they have done without a level of longevity that WWE has already had. Um, and like you said, publicly traded company shareholders, there's all these appeasements that come with that. So for companies to now come up and try to get to that level, it's going to be hard. It's possible. It's very possible. Um, th there are those that are showing promise to make it very viable and do it. But it kind of took those things to happen. But now it's like, where do you expand from that? Because now wrestling is, we're still catering to fans. They still cater to us. They still know. That's why we get those weird pops. But again, as uh, like you said, to put the entertainment in, you need that weird comedic spot. You know, we laugh about the hijinks of wrestling. But, you know, if you go into indie shows, have you seats? <laughs> Some of these gimmicks are wild, but they are entertaining. And that's what engrosses you. And that's what tunes you in. You know, and then sometimes wrestling is exactly like you said, the, 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 the fighter, you know, and that's the aspect that started to legitimize wrestling and made it cool. And that's why Brock Lesnar is technically this era's last version of like a Hulk Hogan. He's going to sell so many tickets because he's a very recognizable, legitimate kind of character. And he has that cross appeal of a former MMA background former MMA champion and pro wrestler, which just makes him look like the most legitimate machine to be in the ring in the first place. And that's what wrestling kind of does. It's like, it tries to make itself real. It tries to make itself, you know, what it actually is. But then you got to sprinkle that entertainment spot. And the reason you got to do that is, is because, again, this ain't just, all about fighting because it's not it's not it's not just combat sports there is that aspect of the gimmick there is that aspect of the the magic show that's happening so you need our truth running around with the 24-hour title pulling a ladder and, and i love the fact that i saw this earlier today that ladder spot he pulled in the royal rumble a few years back hilarious, hilarious. still talked about to this day un to a diehard wrestling fan from the Attitude Era, that would never fly. It, it, was, it, it would be considered crazy. But we've evolved, WWE to an extent has evolved beyond just the Attitude Era. But notice how they give callbacks. Notice that you said you need competition. AEW popped on the scene and has climbed the ratings. They started out doing NXT. They were doing so much. They had a lot of surprises after surprises. AEW is one of my favorites out there to watch um comparably to wwe um and i have various biased reasons for that but that's the style of wrestling that i like but a lot of people don't like wrestling the same and that's the thing wrestling is the sandbox for everybody you're not always going to be in there for the same reasons you know some people like you know there's the people that are watching AEW because they love orange cassidy they love that gimmick that laid back this I don't know what I'm really going to see next and it doesn't make any sense, but it's funny kind of aspect. There's those people who like the new Japan style where I'm just going, the two guys are going in there and they're going to beat the hell out of each other just to prove who's better. And you're going to see the most insane, close handed 
fists, punches, kicks, and wild slams and crazy top spot that build into those moments. And some people, well, you know what? They're just here for ladder matches. I want to see how much these guys look like they're going to athletically kill each other. And then you also have the people that want that intermediate. Or you have those that really are just sucking on a story. It's so much. And wrestling is very multifaceted that way. And you have, you're going to have those moments. But sometimes, yeah, you do have to wait to get what you want. And you do need that competition to start. Because let's face it, AEW popped on the scene. And if you really look at WWE's product since AEW came and before, there's been a shift. You are seeing characters like Liv Morgan get a shot and put an amazing-ass match on like she did with Becky Lynch out of nowhere to change the narrative. You're, gonna, you're, you're seeing um, Matt Riddle with a stoner gimmick kind of take it all over in a way that we haven't really seen it done before. Um, you know, that was my other point. That was my point. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, like we have a lot of valuable and variable characters, but it's there, and some of it's just being played also into more subtle ways than it was before, right. because it's bigger than it ever was before. And it's, it's like I said, there's, it's, right. it's flavors, flavors of ice cream, flavors of ice cream. But I can't give you all of it in one show. Even with a three-hour spin, um, I still have to like, balance this out. And uh, I uh, so, got to pay attention to those scripts. Um, Duck, you wanted to say something, mention something like that, and then I get Trigger Ray. I wanted you to jump in as well on well, this. Um, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let her go first. And then I'll go This is more so adding to what Pat said earlier. Seth Rollins, but it kind of dives into again another topic all that more right, um, less we will talk about next week. Right. But um, it was some some of next week. But go ahead. Or we can talk day about with it the AK. Bit, so um, I slightly disagree with something that was said. Um, I feel like the people that didn't like Roman Reigns. And the whole like outfit thing was because he was pushed for so long and it was kind of like he was everywhere, which a lot of people had an issue with. And now that he's kind of like, well, since y'all don't like me, I'ma just be a heel. That's why it's a little bit more it's easier to swallow since it's like, well, you're gonna be a heel. Great. I hate, I love you as a heel. Don't be a face because I don't like you as a face. I don't like you now, but this I can sort of kind of deal with. My, I feel like WWE does need to, you know, build up a story and everything. But a lot of the time, you have certain people with their hands in the pot, i.e. Vince McMahon, who does not want change to occur, and he ruins great, like, people and acts and then it's kind of like they sit there. Prime example, America fucking Alpha. One of my favorites, NXT tag teams. Come to the main roster. Why the fuck was this motherfucker playing What's-His-Face's son? Why was that a thing? And they're gone. 
that doesn't make sense. It's like, yes, we have to give, you know, oh, they're they're planning stuff, blah, blah, blah. Understand about their planning stuff. But it's also like they have in mind fans are gonna eat this up and they're gonna support us. So we're gonna do whatever. But we're gonna throw crumbs here and there, and they're gonna love those crumbs and they're gonna be full of those crumbs until the next crumb comes in like two to three years. Like like I say this almost every week. Bianca Belair came up, NXT, was literally kept the women's division alive during this whole pandemic, alive and going. She lost to Becky, who did not even have that title in, what, 26 seconds? Kofi Kingston, right? When, had to jump through hoops, which I think is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen WWE do in a long time. Made that man jump through multiple hoops, like he has, like the, like the New Day did not spark a whole new fire in the um, the tag team division, like, they don't make buku money off of the New Day face or heel. Face or heel, no matter what the New Day does, fans, old fans, new fans, young fans, all love the New Day. I've never seen so many people swivel, swivel their hips at the same exact time on a fucking public network. Network. He gets the title and then he loses it in 16 seconds. He ain't getting a title shot never again. So it's understand that oh, there needs to be something, there needs to be a story, but the story is only for certain people. And then they sprinkle in everybody else when they see fit. This is the problem that a lot of WWE fans who like WWE but want WWE to do better is like. It's okay, but it can be better. But then the top favorites, the money makers, quote unquote, are getting pushed. And so everyone's like, that's fine. I understand that it's a business, but it's also like if you want to keep doing well with your business and not only just, you know, only rely on Saudi Arabia when you really need that money, you need to listen to your fans. In a sense of like, hey, you don't got this to us all the time, but you know, it'd be nice to see an actual good power run from someone who's not Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, so forth and so forth. How, even Big E, he's even said he loves WWE, but he hated his title run. That says a lot. You don't hear a lot of WWE people actually saying, you know, I'm not happy with what just occurred. But I still love WWE. And that says a lot. Because let's be honest, the New Day is up there. They bring in mad money wherever they go. Wow. <laughs> that was a. That is true. That is, that is highly true. That's very true. I mean, there's nothing to disagree with you about any of that. The thing is. From a fan's perspective, we're always going to get that. We're always going to be in that position. But from a booking standpoint, you're also looking for the biggest reaction, even if it's outrage. From a wrestling standpoint, when I'm in the ring, sometimes I don't care if it's a good reaction or a bad reaction. I need it to be a reaction. 
someone said it earlier in this podcast about the biggest thing we can do is with our money because it needs to hurt the pocket. When you're not having a reaction, when you're not paying, when you no longer support it, that will probably actually make more of an impact than tweeting about it and making it trending. The way we argue about things and the way we go about it, that's exactly what they look for sometimes. It caused a reaction. You had a 10-minute match. No, no. You had like a five-minute match between Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. And people blew their damn minds for it. Was it really the greatest match ever? Nope. But they blew their minds for it. It wasn't horrible either, but it was. It just got the reaction and seemed really exciting. Should it be yeah. more? <laughs> yeah, it can be arguably more. Was it? Will it go down in history as a great wrestling match? Somehow it will. I don't know. Was it really though? You know, and unfortunately, we we wind up. We do find ourselves. You know, we do. WWE is going to take crazy risks and crazy chances to do what they think is good. Because again, you have an entire creative team. Sometimes you with an entire creative team, you're gonna come up with bullshit. <laughs> That's just what it's always gonna turn out to. But the thing is, it's our job as fans, if we're going to gatekeep, mm. we have to build a consistency. We have to build that consistency and we have to be very mindful of when we're actually supporting through outrage as opposed to just not supporting at all. Right. Um, I just wanted to say real quick uh, to add to what Pat was talking about earlier, which unfortunately is going to t- touch into next week's topic. Um, the whole Seth Rollins uh, Shield thing. It's funny because um, we were talking about Big E. I posted a video about a lot of people saying Big E wasn't believable as a champion um, because he did goofy shit. And it's kind of like, it's interesting because it's like, well, because he had, because fu- because who he was was who he was, people didn't take him seriously. But it's like, yo, Seth Rollins is the Joker right now. He's a Jokerized version of himself. And I, don't, I mean, it's safe to say we all know a little bit about Batman's history to know that the Joker was a clown, a good clown, a serious clown, maybe one of the smartest people out there, but a clown who did weird stuff like joke, like, like kind of, well, not both, kind of, not like what Seth Rollins is actually doing, but the goofy clown stuff he's doing. He had mankind be this person who, who had three personalities who want to belt this, that, and the third, but to his point, I just wanted to say, like, that's a little bit of a topic of next week. But again, you know, they did, he did that and nobody cared. Nobody got mad about him mm. wearing the, the outfit. But Roman did it as an issue. And yeah. Then you got another talk about next week's topic, though, now that you talked about but, that. But, but, bro, like, like, yo, like, a part of me kind of wants to as well because like, I feel like we all at some point kind of touched on it. But it's like, I don't want to take away from what we're talking about now. But it's there, you know what I mean? And it's kind of... I think we should leave it on that note. Give them something to anticipate next week. Because I feel like, like you said, a lot of us have so much to talk about. 
just to kind of even give another example personally, but I'm not going to go too much into detail for it. John Cena got over on a gimmick that no black person could possibly get over with. Not Crime Time, Booker T, nobody. He got over being a rapper. And people found that cool, but then Crime Time does it, and it's gimmicky, it's insulting, which it really is, but it just goes to show you just how some fans can accept some character aspects from certain people. We're not going to allude to what, because we'll talk about it next week. And then some will be like, all right, well, no, this guy's a joke. We can't take him seriously. I don't respect him as champion. And we all know the reason why. But we'll talk about that next week. This has been the most insightful podcast since the first time we had you on, D. Dashik, D, um, thank you so much for being on this podcast. And you're more than welcome to join us um, next week as well. Um, does anybody have anything else to say before we sign off? Please do. Um, um, I'm just upset that I didn't get Peacemaker peacemaker in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> I'm completely I with uh, you. Was for for I wanted that. Good show. Now, now, now. <laughs> now, what if they did that at WrestleMania? Peacemaker versus the Scorpion King. The just don't it out there. Fire. Listen, listen, listen. I'm not holding my breath. Listen, y'all clapped me when you said that Roman Reigns was going to take over Disney. And what happened? WWE and Disney did the deal. When I get it, go. Go. I'm just saying. We're in this Roman Reigns stuff, bro. We're doing the Roman verse. to meet him soon. I hope so, too. Maybe that'll help you calm me down a little bit. No, I'm going to let you know why we're not going to talk about it. Because I'm mad that nobody... The, the royal chair, the tribal chair that Roman threw into the ring that stood up and acknowledged him. Only Rim did. And, and, and no. Clutch. Nobody right. else. So now, we ain't gonna talk about the Roman. He's dead. <laughs> everybody acknowledged the Oh, man. On that note, we <laughs> shall be what? signing off. The full cast up here. Clutch, Rimrock, Trigger Ray with the AK, Cooking with Mr. Pat Lee. Huh? Now official. We'll be having the women's podcast soon, which will be awesome to have three. Y'all, we have to find a third person at least. And of course, my my host, Duck Goes Bang. Dashing D, the best guest we've had. Uh, And it's it's always been like last time was great. This time is amazing as well. Yo, insightful. Please join us next time on War Wrestling Alliance Radio. We're signing off.